I'm Cameron Silsby, and I head up all of the Van City communities at the church. Starting your day off in the scriptures is a really helpful thing, and there are a lot of ways to do it. You could pick a single verse, or a psalm, or a story from the Gospels. All of that is good. What's vital to understand about the scriptures, though, is that wherever you are reading from, you are reading something that is part of a larger story. And this story takes place thousands of years ago across different cultures and languages, which means we all have to do a bit of work to understand what the authors are trying to say and how something fits into the entire story. If your head is spinning right now, wondering how in the world to do that, Don't be discouraged. This is the lifetime work of the apprentice of Jesus. From the person who just started following Jesus today to the person who has been apprenticing Jesus for decades. And don't worry, it's not as if you're wasting your time reading the Bible without explicitly knowing this stuff. The Spirit of God can and will still speak to you through a particular text. But you are missing out on a level of depth in the text that would be helpful and enriching. Let me give you an analogy. Reading the Bible without the context of the story or history in mind would be a lot like watching the first 10 minutes of the Star Wars movie, The Empire Strikes Back. So imagine that you have no paradigm for Jedis or the Force or the Dark Side or the Empire or the Rebellion. You came in a little late to the movie and you didn't get to read the opening text crawl. So you don't even realize it's a futuristic movie set in a galaxy that does not refer to Earth. So you start watching the movie and you see a frozen tundra. Is it Antarctica? Who is this Luke character? What the heck crashed into the snow? And what is that dude riding on? It would be bizarre, confusing, and a bit disorientating. But it still could draw you in and capture your imagination. And I assume you definitely want to keep watching the movie. It's, it's a great movie. Now imagine that you hadn't missed the opening text crawl. You learned that there's a rebellion, that they're being chased across the galaxy. Luke Skywalker is a leader of this rebellion in their fight against the Empire. Someone referred to as the evil Lord Darth Vader is searching for Luke, who is on a frozen planet called Hoth with his rebel troops. Just that bit of context helps reveal so much of the story and helps explain, clarify, and add significance to the first 10 minutes of the film. Having context to the scriptures is helpful in a somewhat similar way. So today, I, wanna, I want us to start by reading a single verse. Then, I want to give a bit of context to the verse, and with that context, we'll read it again and ask God's Spirit to speak to us through it. So grab a Bible and turn to Isaiah chapter 40 and look at verse 11. I'll read it to you and then hit the pause button a moment to read it for yourself and notice what sticks out to you and what resonates with you. So Isaiah chapter 40, verse 11. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Now hit the pause button on this and take a moment to read this verse for yourself and see what comes to mind. Now, let's look at some brief snippets of context for this verse. The author, Isaiah, has been prophesying against Israel's injustice and unfaithfulness to Yahweh. He provides a a stark warning of where this will take Israel, and it's not pretty. 
they will be brought to ruin and devastation. And, and it's a brutal and bleak future, even though things seem okay in the present for Isaiah and those hearing him. So when it is darkest, bleakest, and most hopeless, will God abandon his people, Israel? Isaiah reminds Israel who their God has been, who he is, and who he will be in that moment down the road. He will be their shepherd. Why a shepherd, though? Well, there are two reasons this idea of shepherd is significant that aren't obvious to us. The first is a shepherd was a well-known job in Israel, so the imagery of a shepherd was easily accessible to people hearing this, which means that people would understand that a good shepherd would care very deeply for his flock. He would guide them to good feeding grounds and water. He would be a veterinarian of sorts for sheep that were injured. He would put his life on the line to protect the sheep from wild animals or thieves. He was present caring and protective. It was a close relationship where sheep would know the good shepherd's voice and follow him. But not all shepherds were like that. If you were just hired to watch someone else's flock, you generally wouldn't care to the same degree. There's a good chance, you know, you wouldn't risk much to protect the flock. The sheep wouldn't know your voice. There just wouldn't be the same tenderness. Now, the the second reason this idea of shepherd is significant is that God, as a shepherd, would have recalled the story of Israel. Way back in the book of Genesis, hundreds of years before Isaiah was saying this and writing this, a man named Jacob, along with his sons and household, were on the brink of starvation. Their last chance for survival required a long trip to Egypt and the hope that they would be able to get food there. To make a long story short, one of Jacob's sons, who he thought had died, had actually been sold into slavery. And this son, with the help of Yahweh, became second in command in all of Egypt. The family was saved, moved down to Egypt to be with the long lost son, and Jacob calls Yahweh his shepherd the one who has guided his life to this unlikely salvation. This is the first time Yahweh is referred to as a shepherd in the story of the scriptures. And if you didn't know, Jacob's sons are the 12 tribes of Israel. So when Isaiah references Yahweh as shepherding the people through ruin and devastation, through desperation and fear, their minds come alive with God's tender care and concern, his closeness and his character. This is the kind of God he has been and will continue to be. He is a good shepherd. Now, Read Isaiah chapter 40, verse 11. But first, take a moment to think about your current life situation. The knowns and unknowns, the fear and pain you may be experiencing, or anxiety and anger. When you've done that, invite God's Spirit to speak to you through this verse, and then read it slowly. What resonates with you? What thoughts come to mind? Take time to pray through these things, sharing them with Jesus, who is your good shepherd. From Hebrews chapter 13. Now may the God of peace who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, 
the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an internal covenant with his blood, may he equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to him forever and ever. Amen. Thank you.